This is Trek FM. Hailing frequencies open, you've tapped into Trek FM's Hyper Channel. I'm Chris, and this is where we talk about what's happening in the world of Star Trek news. It's been quite a while since I've done a Hyper Channel, and I'm going to change things up a little bit here. My schedule has become very chaotic over the past nine months, as many of you know. And of course, I also do the Ready Room and I do the Orb. I produce the Axonar podcast, and I've also started back up with Continuing Mission a bit. And then I also have a non-Trek podcast called Metropolis On Air. So that keeps me very busy, but I'd like to put this show out more often as well. The schedule will depend on what there is to talk about. Some days there's a lot of Star Trek news, and some days there really isn't. And sometimes those voids stretch out for quite a while, in fact. But I do like to share my thoughts with you on news items beyond what we do on the Ready Room. So here we go. We're going to talk about three stories today. And those include the launch of Larry Nemechek's Portal 47, William Shatner's plan to write a Leonard Nimoy biography, and also Rod Roddenberry's thoughts on Star Trek 2009. First up here, Portal 47 launches. You've heard Larry and I talk about this a little bit on the Ready Room recently. And Larry did a soft launch at San Diego Comic-Con and also at Star Trek Las Vegas and gave fans there an early bird chance to sign up. But he's been kind of coy about it up until now because he's been working out all the details. Portal 47 is a behind-the-scenes boutique deep-dive fan experience. I think that's the best way to describe it, and that sounds like a lot, right? Well, Larry has been on the scene as Star Trek is being made for decades now, and he has massive amounts of knowledge about backstage Star Trek from his own archives, memories, his Rolodex of pro Treklanders, just so much stuff that he has, and he wants to share that with everyone. And so for a year's plan or a three-month trial, you can accompany Larry as he dives into this archive that he has. It's a really personal experience for you to have with Larry. Now, as I mentioned, fans at San Diego Comic-Con and Star Trek Las Vegas, they did get an early bird chance. And on Wednesday, September 9th, so that's coming up in just a few days as I record this, he'll kick things off officially for them. But also for anyone who comes aboard on this bonus maiden telebriefing. So if you'd like to be part of the September 9th sample session, all you need to do is visit larrynemechik.com slash portal47signup.htm. Now, Larry's last name is N-E-M-E-C-E-K, so that's LarryNemechek.com. Portal 47, the number 47, signup.htm. You can also find out more about Portal 47 on Facebook. Just type Portal 47 into the search field and the page should come right on up. Or you can go and sign up for Larry's email list at LarryNemechek.com slash signup.html. And Larry will send you information about that as it comes along, keep you up to date on what's happening. I've had the privilege of talking to Larry in depth about Star Trek for almost five years now, I think it is. Some of it you hear on the shows like The Ready Room, and some of it is behind the scenes and it's stuff that you guys aren't privy to. And I can tell you that Larry really has so much stuff, so much knowledge 
so many things in his archives. So if you love Star Trek and you really want to dig in deeper and go beyond what you can find out on Memory Alpha or the other websites or even through the podcasts, this is the way to do it. Again, Portal 47. Go check out what Larry's been working on for quite a while now as he gets ready to launch it. All right. Well, another story that I want to talk about is William Shatner writing Leonard Nimoy's biography. This is a story on treknews.net. And you'll remember recently when Leonard Nimoy passed away, William Shatner failed to attend the funeral because he had something else going on. And he explained that, and I think most of us understood, but there are those who love to fuel the idea that the two Star Trek leads who played Kirk and Spock did not get along, and they took this as an opportunity to fan the flames. The truth is that Shatner and Nimoy enjoyed a strong friendship that spanned nearly half a century. And I think when you hear them talk about one another, when you hear William Shatner talk about Leonard Nimoy now, when you heard Leonard Nimoy talk about William Shatner when he was still with us, I think that comes through. I, I guess in the world that we live in today, it's more fun to create conflict and to fan the flames of animosity. And you see it all the time in fandom. I mean, just go to social media. It's so difficult to have a conversation about anything without someone trying to drum up trouble. But we really don't need to get into that with William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. And in fact, I, I think that it is disrespectful to the memory of Leonard Nimoy for people to continue to beat that drum. And hopefully that's fading away. And hopefully this biography will help to to squash that further. I think that there are probably very few people, certainly outside of Leonard Nimoy's own family, who are better equipped to write a biography of Leonard Nimoy than William Shatner. And the fact that it's coming from someone outside of his family will make it interesting because it's really through the lens of friendship in this case. And I think it'll be interesting to find out what William Shatner can tell us about Leonard Nimoy. I think that it's a great tribute to to Leonard Nimoy that William Shatner is going to do this. So we will have to wait a little while to find out what he's going to write. This book is supposed to be released in 2016 by St. Martin's Press. But it's wonderful that it's coming, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on it. Do you think William Shatner is the best person to write this biography? Is there someone else who you think should write it? And again, I'm staying away from the family stuff because, of course, his son Adam, who joined Larry and me on the Ready Room a couple of months ago, is doing a documentary about his father, and that's something that Adam and Leonard were working on together before Leonard passed away. And so that's family stuff. And there's also a story out right now that Leonard Nimoy's daughter is also going to be working on a documentary. But from outside of the family, you know, what do you think? Is William Shatner the best person? Would you like to see someone else write the biography? I'd like to know. And you can, of course, find the story that I'm referencing over on treknews.net. The last story that I would like to talk about today is one from 1701news.com. And this is a piece written by Michael Hinman, who runs that site. And the headline says, Beginning of 2009 film brought me to tears, as a quote from Ride. But really, the article actually contains a lot more than just that. 
And in this article, Rod also talks about how he tries to carry on his father's vision through the many projects that he supports, and also whether or not Star Trek will return to television. I do want to pull a few quotes out of this article, because I think it's important to hear it in Rod's own words. He was asked about how the J.J. Abrams films, how they measure up to Roddenberry's philosophy. And I think that's something that we all debate all the time, right? I know I certainly do. And what Rod said was, I actually like the movie. I think J.J. Abrams did a great job. The first 10 minutes of the 2009 Star Trek brought me to tears, and it still does every time. And that's something I totally agree with Rod on, and I hear that from other people as well, other hosts on our network, other fans. It gets me every time I watch it for sure. The Regardless of what you think about the 2009 film overall, those first 10 minutes and the sacrifice of George Kirk and seeing James T. Kirk born and getting him and his mother off the ship and then it's very, very moving. I think it's moving to anyone in general, but it's especially moving to those of us who have lost our fathers, as Rod has, as I have, and as some other people I know who were moved by this have as well. I think that in that moment in 2009, I think the Abrams film really does connect with Star Trek in a way that works for me. Now, another thing that Rod said in here is that uh, he tries to keep his father's vision alive. He said, I'm trying to carry on the vision in my own way with our entertainment projects, our philanthropy projects, and through Roddenberry Adventures. Honestly, we work in all those areas, but my personal passions probably lean more towards the philanthropic side. Maybe that's the voice of my father's vision playing out in me. And again, I totally agree with that. I, I'm not sure if all fans realize how much Rod does through his foundation and through his other ventures to help people. But but he does. And we talked about this, Rod and I talked about this on a very early episode of Matterstream. In fact, it was Matterstream episode one, I remember now, called Roddenberry Foundation and Trek Nation. And we talked about all the various things that he does. But but I think that, that that is carrying forward Gene Roddenberry's vision. Gene's vision was for a better future. And in order for us to get to that better future, we have to find ways to help others. We have to find ways to improve the problems that the world faces. And many of us would love to do that, but we don't have the resources. Luckily, Rod has the resources and he also has the desire to do that. And I'm very grateful that he is. And I think that that's an off-screen way that the legacy of Star Trek is being carried forward and it's being done by the Roddenberry family. Now, the last point in here that I want to pull out is a question about whether Star Trek will ever return to television. Now, as most fans probably know, this year it was the 10th anniversary of the end of Enterprise which means that for a decade now, we've had no new Star Trek on television. And for those who don't consider the Abramsverse to be canon, and there are plenty of fans out there who just completely dismiss the Abramsverse, it means we've had a decade with no new Star Trek. So I'm not going to go so far as to say that, 
because I think there is validity in the two films that J.J. Abrams has made so far, and hopefully there will be, and I'm sure there will be, in the one that Simon Pegg is writing right now. But still, 10 years with no new Star Trek on television, we were so spoiled. You know, I I was in university during what I call the golden age of Star Trek, which was the 90s, when we had a new episode of TNG and a new episode of DS9 every week. And then we had a new episode of DS9 and a new episode of Voyager every week. And we had TNG films. And it was incredible. And it's been really, it's it's like there's a hole left in your life, right, for the past 10 years of not having new Star Trek on television. And I think it'll happen eventually. I don't know when. And that's what Rod said. He said, absolutely, it will happen. Not because I know something you don't. I just know it's money for a studio. And yeah, I mean, that's what it all comes down to, really. That's how I feel as well. I don't have any insider information that makes me think that there's going to be a new series. I just know that the franchise, the property is too valuable for it to just sit look at other things that are being revived right now. And you know that eventually, yes, we're going to get new Star Trek on television. I think it may take a really different form from what we've seen in the past, given how distribution works these days. But it's going to happen. Totally agree with Ride on that. So there's more stuff in this article. I don't want to you know give away the whole article. Go over to 1701news.com and read the article. The headline is Roddenberry colon... Beginning of 2009 film brought me to tears. It's a piece by Michael Hinman. But uh, I, I love everything that Rod is doing to to carry on the vision of his father and to keep Star Trek alive for all of us fans out there. And I think we should all support him in any way that we can. All right, well, those are the three stories that I have for you in this episode of Hyper Channel. I would like to remind you that Hyper Channel is just one of the many, many shows that we have here on the network We have a dedicated show for every single Star Trek series, all the live-action Star Trek series. Not the animated series yet, but we do have plans to cover that at some point in the future. We also have shows that cover science and creative work beyond Star Trek, general geek topics, that's the 602 Club. We have books and comics. We have Women at Warp, which is Star Trek from a female perspective. We also have my show, The Ready Room, which covers all five of the live-action Star Trek series, as well as Star Trek news, and we have great guests on there, and it's just, it's always a different panel, so you get something new every week. And, uh, of course, we have the official podcast of Axanar with Rob and Alec. We've got so much stuff for you here on the network. So go check out all those shows. If you're an Apple user, go to iTunes.com slash TrekFM. That will take you to our artist section in the iTunes store, either on your desktop in iTunes or on your iPhone or your iPad through the podcasts app. We are a featured provider with Apple and iTunes, and we really thank Apple for giving us that section there in the iTunes store. If you're not an Apple user, there are still plenty of ways for you to get our shows. You can go to Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud. You can go to our website. You can stream from those pages. You can grab the RSS link and put that into other third-party apps. And also, for the Ready Room, you can get the show in Spotify. We're there now as well. So go check out all of those shows and support all the other great hosts we have here on the network. Now, as you can imagine, it takes a lot of work and a lot of money to produce all of these shows and get them out to you every day of the week as we do. And we're a listener-supported network, which means we need your help to keep going. And the way you can support us is through Patreon. 
If you go to patreon.com slash trekafilm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekafilm, you'll find all the information that you need there. We have many different levels. You can choose any amount that you want, but we have some milestone levels there. And some of those levels include things like taking part in the Patrons Roundtable, which you can find in the Master Feed. And that's been fantastic. We've done three of them so far. We have hosts and patrons all getting together, talking about Star Trek the way we do on the shows, a lot like we do on like a Ready Room feature. It's really great stuff there. And really any amount that you can contribute makes a big difference for us because it all adds up. So please check it out, patreon.com slash trekafilm. And we really thank you for your support of the network. Now, if you'd like to leave some feedback on the three stories that I talked about today, I would love to hear from you. There are many ways for you to get in touch with me. You can go to Twitter, where our username for the network is TrekFM. You can also go to Facebook. And the best way actually on Facebook is the Babel Conference, which is our listeners group. So if you're on Facebook, hop in there, just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field, and that group will come up. It's a closed group, so you need to click join, but we'll let you right on in. And we have great conversations over there, and that's really the best place to further the conversation from the show here with uh, me and with other fans as well. And if you want to send a voicemail, I'd love for you to do that as well. You can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm, and you can do that with your phone or your tablet or your computer. It's really simple, and you can upload it to me right there from the page. Now, if you would like to find me personally, I would love to talk to you. My username on Twitter is C Brian Jones, a letter C and Brian with a Y. That's also my username on Facebook, and I'm there in the Babel Conference. I have my own website, cbrianjones.com, so you can find that. If you would like to hear more of my podcasting about Star Trek, you can find me on the network on The Ready Room and on The Orb. And also, I started continuing Mission a little bit now as well. I think probably Eric Brazier and I are going to do that one together, kind of back and forth. But I did put a new episode out the other day about Pacific 201, which is Eric Henry's new project. So that's a pretty interesting thing to listen to. And if you want to read my writing about Star Trek, you can find my column on the official website at StarTrek.com. My column is called Trekspectives. Should have a new one out any day now. The current one is about writing TNG stories like they were Enterprise three-episode arcs, which I think is an interesting concept. So you can find that again on StarTrek.com. And outside of the world of Star Trek, as I mentioned at the very beginning here, I do a podcast called Metropolis On Air. It is tied to the magazine that I run in Tokyo. And I do lots of interviews on there, lots of interesting people. And also we do like life in Tokyo and Japanese culture, some Japanese language tips as well. We've got just all kinds of stuff on that show. It's really fun and it's very different. You know, you're used to hearing me talk about Star Trek, so it's not about that. You can find that in iTunes, Metropolis On Air, or go to the website metropolisjapan.com. And if you don't see it on the front page there, just type podcast in the search and all the episodes will come up. All right, well, that's everything I have for you this week. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time with some more stories. Until then, go watch some Trek. Trek.